Hi sis, welcome to another episode of When Marriage Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the topic that I've titled, Is Emotional Abuse Really That Bad? Yeah, so episode number 13, trying to answer the question, is emotional abuse really that bad? Or is it just about someone who isn't happy? Or is it more insidious? Is it more harmful than that? And also, why emotional abuse is the enemy's um, tool of choice? Yeah. So emotional abuse is the is the devil's tool of choice in destroying a person's destiny. I know that sounds it sounds really really those are really strong words, right? But stick with me on this episode and find out why emotional abuse is more dangerous than you think. Um, so get comfortable, get in a place where you're not distracted, and let's dive in. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back to the show. Yes, so like I said earlier, so first of all, what is emotional abuse? It is a consistent pattern of abusive words and bullying behaviors that wear down a person's self-esteem and undermine their mental health. With emotional abuse, it's a consistent pattern. It has to do with abusive words and also behaviors that wear down the other person's self-esteem and has damaging effects on their mental health. Now, we're not, because this, this uh, episode uh, is really looking at whether emotional abuse is so bad or not, right? It's not really an expose on emotional abuse itself. If you are curious and you want to know more about emotional abuse, we've talked about it in depth in past episodes. Um, so I would highly recommend that you listen to episodes 8 and 9 um, titled What is Emotional Abuse? So episodes 8 and 9 is going to give you the lowdown of emotional abuse and how it happens. Alright, so on this episode we're only focusing on trying to figure out just how bad it is. Like, is it as bad as people portray to be or people sometimes talk about it? So that's what we'll be 
exploring in this episode. Um, so moving on, yeah, so emotional abuse, it has to do with abusive words and bullying behaviors, and it's something that's consistent, so it's not like a one-time thing. Now, people tend to have a lot of misconceptions about emotional abuse, especially for those of us that grew up in African societies, right, where our society, for the most part in itself, is abusive. <laughs> Abuse seems to be the norm, so that um, puts people in this position where we don't even recognize what abuse is, or we think abuse is just something that was some is just a made up word in the Western world. Like it's just you know the Western world. It's just something they came up with. It's just a bunch of nonsense, right? That's what we've been groomed to believe. But that's a grave misconception. Another grave misconception is that emotional abuse in the context of marriage or relationships, we think that, oh, it's something that happens to either women that are spoiled or that have a low self-esteem or weak-minded people in general. We don't think emotional abuse can happen to someone with a high self-esteem or someone who's highly educated or someone who's strong. We have this thing about, oh, strong woman. A strong woman can be emotionally abused. Though. So that's that's another grave misconception. Um, the truth is it can happen to anyone, especially those that underestimate the damage that it can cause. So knowledge is key. Knowledge is power. The people that typically think it could never happen to me, those are the people that get emotionally abused. And they don't even know when it's happening to them. Alright, so let's quickly go into the real meat of today's episode. Is emotional abuse really that bad? I, I mean, it's in this day, it's 2022, right? So in this day and age, people that think of themselves as being enlightened probably know a bit about emotional abuse and they would agree that it's it's a bad thing. It's not nice. Now, would they necessarily think it's very damaging and very dangerous to a person's existence? Maybe not. Maybe not. Some of you listening today probably think of emotional abuse as something that's just pretty sad and can make a person very sad and can prevent them from being happy. Um, I mean, that's not entirely false. It's a true statement, but it's an understatement. Emotional abuse is pretty bad. Emotional abuse can kill. I mean, we've talked about that in this in this podcast in past episodes before. I cannot overemphasize that we need to see emotional abuse differently. All this talk about, well, if he's not beating you, then every other thing, if it's just emotional abuse, then it can be handled. It's not a big deal. It's something easy to fix. Oh my goodness, that is the deception of the enemy. 
it's a big deception. Especially in Christian circles, like Christians would have you believe that you can do all things through Christ. You can get over this. You know, don't just focus on the positive. Don't dwell on the negative. The Bible says that whatever things are true, whatever things are of good report, and then they just go on and on and on. And of course, they're quoting scriptures, right? But they're quoting scriptures in ignorance. Emotional abuse is not something you play with. It can destroy a person's life. It can damage a human being. And I'm using the strong words. Um, I'm not exaggerating. I'm only stating facts. Facts that has been backed up by science, by medical science, backed up by the field of psychology, backed up by experience. <laughs> Um, but I, I can almost hear someone saying, well, you know, I don't believe in all that psychology jargon and science, even medical science isn't always right. I only believe in the word of God. Yeah. Well, guess what? What I'm telling you today is also backed up by the Bible. Believe it or not, what science and what psychology is only catching up to in recent years is what the bible has always known what what's always been in the word of god there's nothing new under the sun yeah so in this episode we're not going to be looking at the um we're not going to be looking into the medical or science uh we're not going to be looking at what what science has to say say about this we we hopefully we can do that in subsequent episodes but on this episode we're not looking at science. We're not looking at psychology. We're looking strictly at the word of God. Because I think to get Christians thinking about this differently, we really need to look at it from the biblical perspective. I think that's how we can reach most Christians. So let's do that. What's the scriptural take on emotional abuse? And is it really that bad? Does the Bible consider it bad? or? Or does the Bible say if you have Jesus, emotional abuse is not a big deal? God's take on emotional abuse is it is evil by nature. The scripture describes it as evil. It describes it as wickedness. The Bible uses pretty strong words to describe emotional abuse. And you might be wondering, well, I've read the Bible before and I haven't seen the words emotional abuse. Do not be deceived. Just because the Bible doesn't call it by that name doesn't mean the Bible doesn't talk about it. There are no words like side chick in the Bible, but the Bible definitely talks about adultery. So <laughs> let's not be confused about, let, let, let's not get mixed up about the terminology. If the Bible is describing something that accurately describes emotional abuse, then the Bible talks about emotional abuse regardless of whether he uses those words or not. So where exactly does the Bible talk about emotional abuse? There are loads and loads of scriptures. Oh my goodness. Especially in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. Loads and loads of scriptures where the Bible talks about emotional abuse, but we're only going to be taking a look at just a couple. All right, just a couple of scriptures. Now, in Proverbs chapter 2, 
verses 12 to 15. The Bible says, Wisdom will save you from evil people. Wisdom will save you from evil people. From those whose words are twisted. (laughs) Are you listening, my sisters? It says, Wisdom will save you from evil people. And when you hear evil people, you are thinking evil people. You're thinking, yeah, it's probably those people, those witches in your village or something. Or you're thinking it's those, it's those, um, those people that are openly aggressive, just are out to destroy you, right? You're thinking, oh, it's people that go to an abolist or a ritualist or whatever, right? And they're trying to do some juju or they're trying to they're trying to do some evil magic to destroy or harm you. Those are the people that we typically think of as evil people. But Proverbs chapter two says evil people are those whose words are twisted. How crazy is that? Like just how can a person be classified as evil just because their words are twisted? I'm gonna keep reading. So it says those whose words are twisted. And then verse 13 says, This men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. I'll just let that sink in for a little bit. So it says, Evil people, their words are twisted. And then there are men or women, okay? This isn't gender specific. That turn from the right way to walk down dark paths so a person can be classified as evil when they see the right way so this is not a question of ignorance okay some of you are in marriages right now where where it feels like your husband is a bigger problem for you than the devil but you're suffering in silence because you feel like no one would understand your pain you feel like you can't even verbalize your pain because people will minimize it and they will just see you as as whining or just ranting. And then some people will have you believe that, well, maybe your husband doesn't really know what he's doing. Maybe it's just the environment is grown up. Oh my goodness. If I had if I had a dollar for every single time someone told me that, you know, our upbringing, the way we were raised in Nigeria, you know, your husband... That's a bunch of BS. Okay. <laughs> it's a bunch of BS. It's not ignorance. It's not now. Am I saying that an environment in which a person grows up doesn't shape them to an extent? Of course it does. Okay. I'm not disputing that, but it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Even in the court of law, if you're caught stealing, you can't tell the judge that, well, I grew up in a home where everybody steals and then the judge is just going to let you go. No, that's not how it works. So verse 13 says, this men or women turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. So it's, it's a conscious decision to turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. I'll keep reading verse 14. They take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil i'm reading from the new living translation by the way if anyone's wondering 
but whatever version you're reading, you're reading the same truths. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter as, as far as I'm concerned. It says they take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. So when, when people tell you that, oh, you know, it's not really your husband's fault. That's just how he grew up. Maybe that's just how his daddy, you know, talked to his mommy and he just doesn't know any better. Fine, his daddy may have talked to his mom that way, but don't say he doesn't know any better. These people do what they do because they, they get pleasure from it. They get pleasure from ruining a person's life. They get pleasure from having control over their wives and they hide under the cloak of religion. Yeah. They hide under the cloak of religion and twist scriptures for their own purposes, right? And say, well, you know, the Bible says that the husband is the head and they take that as license to have control and dominate their wives. That is evil. The scripture says it's evil. Now you can decide to say, well, no, it's just our culture. It's just our society. It's just what we do as Africans. It's just you're giving excuses. The Bible trumps culture. Now, if you're a Christian that you believe that your cultural practices are a lot more important than what Jesus thinks you should do. Um, you're not a Christian. No. You are just a religious Pharisee. Mm-hmm. So this is scriptures right here. We want to know the mind of God about emotional abuse. This is it right here. 14 says they take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. So they know they are doing you evil. They know they are doing you harm. It doesn't matter whether they hide behind scriptures to do that. And they take pleasure in doing it. Now, as women, we are we are deceived into thinking, well, I don't think my own husband takes pleasure from it. Or I think he just doesn't know what he's doing. Or he's just one evil spirit. <laughs> my sister, stop being deceived though. He takes pleasure in hurting you. If you're wondering why you keep telling your husband about how his words hurt you, and he apologizes, but he keeps doing it. It's because he takes pleasure in it. It gives him a sense of control. It makes him feel good about himself. That's the twisted ways of evil. Now I'll go on to verse 15. Proverbs 2 verse 15. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. Now I've read all the way from verse 12 to verse 15. Notice there's no mention of anyone beating anyone. Now, I'm not saying that emotional abuse, um, there's never eating or slapping or pushing around. That does happen. The point I'm trying to make here is that's not what makes it more dangerous. No. So whether there's any physical component to it or not, physical component to the abuse is completely irrelevant. And when I say that, I'm not trying to minimize the pain of people that also suffer physical abuse. What I'm saying is, do not be deceived into thinking that if your husband doesn't slap or push you around, you're not being abused. Do not fall for that deception. No. Because the scriptures are saying right here that evil people are those whose words are twisted 
they turn from the right way to walk down the dark path. And they take pleasure in doing wrong. They enjoy their twisted ways of evil. They enjoy, they enjoy using their words to tear you apart, to tear down your personhood, to destroy you piece by piece. I know this is hard to wrap our brains around because we want to see that abusive spouse as someone who is loving, who's just doing all these things unknowingly, right? They're just doing it because they have no idea how much it hurts you. That is the deception of the enemy. They know exactly what they're doing. I know because I fell for that deception for years and that's what kept me in an abusive marriage for more than a decade. I think we've said enough about Proverbs chapter 2. Let's look at Psalms, Psalms 55. So that's the second scripture we'll be looking at about what God has to say about emotional abuse. Remember when we define emotional abuse, we said it's the use of abusive words and bullying behaviors. So it's important to keep that in mind as we read the scriptures, that even though the scriptures do not have the word emotional abuse, we're still, it's, it, they, the scriptures still describe what emotional abuse is. Now Psalm 55 chapter, I mean verse 21, excuse me, Psalm 55 verse 21. The psalmist says here, it says, his words are as smooth as butter. So this scripture is describing an emotionally abusive person. Someone who's just emotionally abusive. They are not beating you. They are not slapping you around. They are not pushing you around, right? But it says his words are as smooth as butter. But in his heart is war. Is that powerful or what? <laughs> His words are as smooth as butter, but in his heart is war. So is it possible for an emotionally abusive person to say all the wonderful words to you, to say things like, oh, I love you so much. I, I can't imagine my life without you. Oh, you just turned me on. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. You're so beautiful. Is it possible for a man that says those words to still be abusive? Yes. Because Psalm 55 here says, his words are as smooth as butter. So it's not like they speak abusive words 24-7. There are times that they speak words that are as smooth as butter. But it says in his heart is war. What does that mean? Their motives. Is their motives. They have dangerous motives. I'll keep reading. It says his words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Oh my goodness. You know, sometimes I just read some scriptures and I'm like, oh my God, the scriptures have everything we need for life and godliness. <laughs> the scripture is true. So it says his words are as smooth as butter, but in his heart is war. That talks about the motive of their heart. Then it says his words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Is that dangerous, deadly or what? So as we can see from this scripture here, words are powerful now a lot of people know that words are powerful right but usually we think about what's being powerful in the context of um the words that you speak and make or break you that type of thing you know positive confession don't confess negative blah 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 but words are also powerful in the sense that they can kill literally they can kill that's what we're seeing from the scriptures right here 
It says his words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. So there are people that will never take a knife or never take a dagger or never take an axe or whatever to cut you. But they will use their words as machete to cut you in pieces. So don't let anyone deceive you and say things like, well, words don't, words don't, um, oh my goodness, there's this saying, I can't remember exactly how he said now, something like words, the implication is words cannot hurt you, like words, words cannot show up on your body or something. I can't remember how he said. That's a lie, that's a deception of the enemy. Because the scripture makes us to understand that evil people can use their words as cutting instruments to stab you to death. So I said at the beginning of the episode that emotional abuse is the devil's weapon of choice or tool of choice in destroying destinies through deception that is disguised as love. So when the enemy looks at you and see that you have a glorious destiny and he can't figure out how to destroy you and you're married, that's just perfect. That's just a perfect setup. Okay. He can, he can use your spouse to destroy you through emotional abuse. We're quickly going to look at two case studies in the scriptures as well. I'm not going to be reading those scriptures, um, but they're scriptures that people are familiar with, especially people that have grown up in the church, even people that haven't grown up in the church. Um, it's, it's script, it's scripture that people are just familiar with. Let me say it that way. Even people that aren't Christians. Okay. Are there examples in scriptures where the enemy uses or attempts to use emotional abuse to destroy a person's destiny? Absolutely. Many examples. But we're only going to take a look at two examples here. Because I really want, I pray that God will open your eyes to see this for what it is. To see it as the the big danger that it is and not something that should be seen as a lesser evil. Now, case study number one is Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden. You can find that story in Genesis chapter three, right? We know the story, you know, the serpent comes and asks Eve and says, oh, I, 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 God said you should not eat of any fruit in the garden, right? Which, of course, we know that's not what God said, right? But, you know, if you read that whole chapter, at the beginning of the chapter, it says something that's very interesting. It says that, um, and I, I'm paraphrasing now. It says the serpent was was more subtle, right? Out of all the animals in the garden, it was more subtle, and that's the key right there. The enemy doesn't always or even frequently attack you in obvious ways he comes in very subtle way he comes in a very subtle way sometimes i wonder why didn't the devil come to eve in the form of a lion right or in the form of a tiger or in the form of you know the animals that we now consider as fierce looking and dangerous no he came through a very subtle animal came through a serpent so the enemy doesn't come in super obvious ways it comes in very subtle ways where you feel comfortable you don't feel like there's an 
immediate sense of danger or any sense of danger at all. That's how the enemy strikes. And that's what happens in an abusive marriage. When you are with someone you, you love and they say they love you too and they do things that are also loving, you don't think you're in danger. So the, the serpent comes to Eve not with a dagger, not with a knife, not with anything that looks particularly dangerous. He comes with words. He comes with deceptive words, right? So his words were just as smooth as butter, but in his heart was war, right? His words were as soothing as lotion. Because if his words were, if, if, if they sounded like anything that was dangerous, Eve would have caught, caught on to the deception, right? But she was deceived because the enemy's words were sort of, they, they felt they were kind of soothing and they were smooth, but underneath are daggers. And when people try to tell you that emotional abuse is not the worst thing ever, <laughs> think about it. The entire world is in a big mess now because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Okay, I think we need to take a pause so that you can think about that. Think about every evil going on in our world today. Think about wars. Think about nations rising against nations. Think about people using members of their family for ritual killings. I mean, think about the worst possible evil going on in today's world that you can think about. Think about all that evil. And where did it all start from? It all started from the serpent speaking smooth, using just words to essentially attempt to destroy the human race. So if anyone tells you that words are not, you know, that important or they continue to harm you with words and say things and just minimize your pain or say things like, oh, I was just joking. Do not be deceived for one moment. Words are the enemy's number one weapon of choice in destroying destinies. So when people tell you that, well, you shall know your husband now, he just loves you. It's because he loves you that he says stuff like that. You are just thinking of it as being harmful. You know he's a good man now. You know, maybe he doesn't know how to how to speak to, to you as he ought to, but you know he's a good man. No, th that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says people like that are evil and wicked. All right, enough said about that. Let's move on to case study number two. Jesus and the devil. In Luke chapter four, right, it talks about how Jesus was in the wilderness fasting and the devil comes to tempt him. And what does the devil come with? He comes with enticing words, right? That's what the devil comes comes with. And we look at the scriptures and we often think about it in the sense of, oh, sin, temptations. But I'm just highlighting this for you to see the importance of words. That the devil is trying to derail the son of God from his mission on earth. And what does he come with? He comes with words. Not just with words, though. He actually comes with scriptures. Isn't that crazy? Like in both case studies, we could see that the, the devil actually came with scriptures, came with the word of God. He came to Eve and said, and God said, he came to Jesus and, and, and tells Jesus that if you be the son of God, turn these stones to bread. 
he tells him you know the the if you're the son of god jump from this high place the scripture says that he will give his angels charge over you the devil is quoting scriptures oh. some of you are married to men that are disguising as christians disguising as, as pastors disguising as sunday school teachers and they are using the word of god to twist you around they are twisting the word of god that's what that proverbs 2 says right it says evil people whose words are twisted so they are twisting the word of god just to have control and dominion over you how evil does it get it doesn't get any more evil than that if you ask me that's just the devil's mo that's the devil's mode of operation right right there it's the most insidious form of abuse if you ask me is using the word of god to try and destroy the people of god <laughs> using the word of god to try and destroy a person's destiny try and destroy a person's personhood try and make a person a shell of who they are essentially make make them walking dead where they kill the person for all intents and purposes but the person still looks normal to everyone around not knowing that their lives are just a shell at this point so i i'm just going to highlight just these two case studies right for us to see that when the devil is on a massive project to destroy a person's life he comes through words so if there's someone in your life because sometimes it's not even a spouse right it could be a family member it could be someone we work with but usually it's someone that's really close to us and their use of words how they communicate with you is very damaging do not be deceived into thinking well this is just a cultural thing no it's not it's an evil thing it's something that the devil it's like the devil's joker essentially so never estimate the damage never estimate the level of evil and wickedness even if it is someone that you are sleeping with even if it is someone that you know sometimes because someone might be thinking well Ola, it's not always bad sometimes we have good times my husband and i have good times it's just that every once in a while that every once in a while that uses words to strip you of your self-esteem it's a progressive thing it's a progressive thing five years ten years fifteen years down the line you are not going to be who you are today and you're not going to be a better person either you would have been stripped bare so we have to be very objective we have to lean into god to pick on these things because when we are emotionally um engaged with a spouse we don't we, we need help to see clearly emotional abuse is like a big fog where you can't really see you can't really see straight it takes people from the outside to see more plainly than you do sometimes sometimes people on the outside don't even see anything they are just as blind as you because if it's a covert abuser that you're dealing with that person doesn't they don't they don't harm you in front of other people they do it in private so a lot of times other people don't even see and it takes god opening our eyes to see so we have to lean into god to know what we're dealing with i believe i've given I've given us enough to really think about 
and enough scriptures to actually at least get us started about studying this very important topic in the Bible. Let's not be deceived, my sisters. He was deceived. The enemy came to her in a form that she knew, right? That wasn't the first time of Eve seeing a serpent in the garden, I don't think. So the enemy came to her in a form that was very familiar to her and came with just words. No knives, no nothing like that, just words. So let's not be deceived. The enemy wants you to dismiss and underestimate emotional abuse so as to leave you vulnerable to it. And his whole goal and purpose in doing this is to destroy your destiny. Now, some of you are still thinking, well, but I know my husband loves me. See, it's not, the person you're fighting here isn't even really your spouse, even though it's your spouse that's abusing you. The Bible says that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So the enemy looks like your spouse, but it's really that, it's really the devil. Let me just go straight to the point. Now, am I saying that your spouse is possessed? No, they're not. Am I saying that because someone else might misunderstand this and think, oh, it's the devil. Then I just need to pray, pray against the the devil to leave my husband alone because it's not my husband really doing this thing. See, you are still living in that denial. The first scriptures that we read in Proverbs chapter 2, in verse 14, it says, they take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. It wasn't, that scripture wasn't referring to the devil. It was referring to human beings. So the abusive people in your life are people that have cooperated with the devil. They are not doing things that they are not aware of. Like someone tried to convince me that my husband was abusing me because of the influence of the idols that his ancestors had worshipped. I mean, what a boatload of crap. <laughs> this is not the fault of any idols, okay? And if someone is telling you that that kind of nonsense as well, do not fall for it. Because you can see here from the scriptures that people who do this take pleasure in doing wrong. They enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Those are the exact words from scriptures. So they enjoy what they're doing to you. As difficult as it is for you to believe that. When the devil looks around trying to find who to use to destroy you, he doesn't just pick on anybody. The devil isn't that powerful, alright? He doesn't just pick on anybody. The devil has to see something in that person that makes that person a good candidate for the, for, for destroying other people. So if the devil is using your spouse, it's because the devil finds something in your spouse, a desire to take pleasure in doing wrong. That's what the enemy finds in your spouse that makes your spouse the perfect candidate for someone to use to destroy you. So let's be wise. All right. That's the much that we can take on today's episode. I really hope that this episode is one that's blessed you you might need to listen to this episode more than once you might have to listen to it twice or three times you might you know for you to even to really cut through the deception you might need to pray on it you might need to pray for god to 
open your eyes of understanding, which is the prayer that I have for everyone that listens to this episode. Because it's not just for us to talk and talk and talk about these things. It's for our high of understanding to be enlightened, for us to be aware of what the enemy is doing. So um, this is where we'll be calling it a show. <laughs> um, and until next time when I come your way, do not forget to check out our Facebook group. It's called When Marriage Hurts. Also, our Instagram handle is When Marriage Hurts. That's where I hang out during the week um, and sometimes on weekends as well. So please join and enough said, I will see you on the next episode. Careful for nothing and know that God loves you so much. Have a wonderful week. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts When Marriage Hurts and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.